but thank you so much again for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Yeah. It's uh, my pleasure. It's like, this is like, you know, I'm new to stand up, So I've only, I was only doing it for like a couple months before COVID happened. Okay. And this is like my way of networking with people, but also I can get great content to put out. Yeah. No, totally. Cause yeah, I don't, I, I saw you were like on Sunday night funnies page, but I don't know if we crossed paths. No. Or we may have, and I just, I'm pretty much a loner typically at shows. So that's part of it too. I don't think we've ever crossed paths with each other. Cause I would have remembered you if I would have, if we would have crossed paths, but we're crossing paths now and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's funny. Cause like I've had so many people say that, like they've been like at shows that I've performed at, or I've like, and they're like, like, I think, like my girlfriend, for example, like I met her right around February. Well, it turns out she has seen me perform before and it's just like, didn't realize it until really? she saw me perform after meeting me. And she's like, Holy shit. I've heard that joke before. I'm like, yeah, that was fucking me. Holy shit. <laughs> I can swear. Cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure fuck I yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I, all right, cool. I was like, I, I was like, I saw the UFC shirt and I was like, yeah, I could probably swear. <laughs> I mean, I'm pro- like, you know, even though it's not politically correct, I've, there's a lot of times I've used the word retard on this podcast. Yeah, I get that. I, uh, I, I don't, I typically, I mean, I definitely use it sometimes, but I, I try to avoid it mainly because like the show that I run, uh, yeah. the bar, uh, River North Public, like they uh, have a night for a sensory night. So like children with autism can go in and enjoy themselves. So uh, the rule at my show, we avoid all of that, like just because we don't want to be hypocritical and like shitty to people that are there, and it's just whatever. But, right, I I get that. It's no, I'll say fuck shit, retard, cunt, dick, all of it. Like it's fun. See, that's why this is gonna be a good podcast. Yeah, I just like you know, it's it's one of my favorite things to do is to say the most inappropriate thing possible. <laughs> fuck yeah. But I do got to say, your show that you're doing on Instagram, Bart, um, I cannot think of it. FYI, I smoked some weed before we did this. Oh, okay. Wow. But like bartending with comics? Yeah. I fucking love it. It's a great – I fucking love the idea. It's so fucking original. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's just a dumb thing I started doing because I was bored one night. My girlfriend got me an old-fashioned kit. Because that's like my favorite drink, so I just made one. I was like, I'm gonna record it just to like teach people how to make it. And I posted it, and then everyone loved it. I was like, fuck, I gotta make more. And then I got lazy, so I was like, I'm gonna have comedians do the work for me. So now they (laughs) people just make videos sent to me. I had an intro and call it good. And it it is a good way to like kind of spread the word. Like all my all my like non comic friends are learning about other comics that they like, and they're coming out to see them. So yeah, it is. It's been beneficial and it is fun. It's keeps you creative especially right oh, now i can i can only imagine i was i watched the one with what's their name ginger oh ginger ambrosia oh my fucking god that was so fucking funny oh yeah so that was and oh my and i had to sit because like i was in drag at the end of it right which like, i've lost it yeah and that was literally like two hours of makeup like just for that short clip like i went to their house they did all my makeup and then filmed my segment and then washed it off it was so ridiculously uh insane wait waste of time but it was so worth it <laughs> do you have a new found respect for women that put on makeup all the time 
Yeah, no, totally. Like that, that was not comfortable. It, like I had to have glue. I had to take glue sticks to like glue my eyelashes down or my, like, yeah, my eyebrows glued that down completely to put makeup over it. I mean, there was so much like just watching the whole process. Like I thought it was, I was very fascinated by it. I mean, I think there's nothing like, I was like, I was like, damn, I look pretty hot. I should do this more <laughs> often, but you know, I don't have the time to be full of drag. Oh, that's, I would only imagine that. I want to talk to her, but I don't know how she'd feel about it, but I would imagine that whole dressing and drag and everything is not cheap at all. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, once you, I think once you have the makeup, the makeup's the most important, the expensive part. And, um, I mean, like I went down in their, in their like, little dungeon, they had like all their wigs, costumes and like everything like they had. And I was like, shit, there has to be thousands of dollars in equipment. So, I mean, it's definitely not like something you half-ass. You have to be all in. And Ginger definitely does. Like, they uh, they did my show because I run a house show as well. Right. And they uh, performed in my garage last weekend. And uh, it was so funny because, like, they came over and they were all in their drag, just looking just total, just insanely like, – just it's dragging yet glitter, <laughs> and now my house is just covered in glitter. There's like glitter everywhere in my house. Cause like they went in my house for like three seconds, and now they're just. It looks like my girlfriend's like, "What's with all this fucking glitter?" I'm like, "Oh, there's a, a drag queen in the bathroom." <laughs> <Big deal. laughs> it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Way. Whole new respect for. It. I mean, because I think that's like before I did the drag, I was like, that's fascinating to me. Because I just like I love all that stuff. Like I like I'm not I would never shit on it, but I think that's phenomenal. Like it's definitely dedication and art. Like it's putting that makeup on to make somebody like me look like I did. Like get the fuck. That's talent, you know. So whole new respect. I want to know how did they get into that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, um, there's nothing wrong with it, but just it makes you wonder. Yeah. Like what I remember I was talking to them while they're putting on my makeup and um, I think it was just something like with in the gay community. And then they were just like, it was something they did. And then they just like putting makeup on and just kind of rolled from there. And it's like a way to have a comedy outlet without, I mean, it's just, it's another comedy outlet. I mean, the same reason you and I do stand up is like another good reason someone to do drag. You know, so it's yeah. I mean, if it's easier to do, I'd probably do it. <laughs> I'm just lazy. Oh my god! So, wow, that was just. How was she? I mean, I've never seen it. I didn't really do that much research into her, but yeah. Um, I mean, they're cool. I uh, I definitely uh, enjoyed performing with them, and I look forward to performing them in the future. And just talking with them one-on-one is one thing because when uh, Ginger's on stage, she is like, you do not fuck with Ginger. She controls the audience. She tells you when to clap. Like, just like, it's just like, it's a whole nother, like, it doesn't seem like the same person you were talking to off stage, but like off stage are super care, like super kind, like love talking to them on stage. Like they're like dominatrix style. I mean, it's just like very commanding and, and great, but like, I think, yeah, it's just, you definitely take a lot of it with a grain of salt a little bit. Cause you're like, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, 
Because like at my the slash show, I mean, she was just ripping on the audience and like the best way possible. Everybody was loving it. I mean, if you're a fan of comedy, you're gonna enjoy it, you know. But if you're butt hurt easily or have like thin skin and like have a easily damaged ego, like you're not gonna have fun. I was think like what mentioned that like I think that most comics have the thickest skin in the world. You would think so, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> most do. But I mean, they can get butt hurt pretty easily. Because I mean, one thing, like being a comedian. I mean, I don't. I'm not going to speak for everyone. I mean, I'm just an open micer, so I'm not like a fucking comedian know it all. But I mean, for me, like I go up there and I'm just extremely vulnerable. And like, if somebody laughs wrong or if I don't get a laugh right, I'm fucking hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I'm easily damaged, but I mean, I can take an insult. It's just, yeah, I don't know, easily damaged ego. That's probably what I have the most. <laughs> Do you, uh, when shit happens, like not necessarily in your life, but like, let's say you see something on the news of a, of a story. Right, and yeah. it's not necessarily good. I don't want to seem like I'm weird, but like I look at the situation, and go, you know, wow, that sucks, and then I look at it and go, how can it be funny? No, yeah, totally. You have to, yeah, I 100 percent do that. I mean, as soon as something terrible happens in the news, I'm just immediately trying to think of my spin on it. And like, I'm not going to like, that's the thing. Like I don't talk about this stuff on stage. Like I'm not a very um, topical person. I just, that's not, there's people that are way better at it, but I will have opinions and I'll, something terrible will happen. And like, I'll just crack a joke to the person next to me right away just to see if I can get that laugh. And especially if it's something very bad, if something really terrible happens and you can get someone to laugh and then that's more helpful than anything. Exactly. Well, that was like, because I tried stand up to, I was messing around with a girl at the time and she was really nervous about doing it. And I look at her and I go, well, if I get up there, will you get up there? And she goes, yeah. But when I got up there, granted, I bombed. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody does. But it was yeah, fun. I did. But it was fun. That's like, it's just that adrenaline rush, you know, of you, you know, you know, you're, you're going up there, you're getting nervous, you're in front of people. And it's just that, I don't know about you, but that kind of hooked me. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, because I, before I did stand up, I was really into, I mean, I still am, but I was, I rock climbed a lot and I would climb like hundred foot cliffs and it was just, there's no other rush like standing on the ground, looking straight up a cliff. And the next thing you know, you're at the top of it. And it's like, you climbed it. And like, you had that huge dopamine rush, but I've been doing that for 10 years. And I got to the point where I'm like, it's not really hitting as much because like I can do it. And I know there's, there's no worry and stand up. I did it. And I was like, Holy shit, that worked. And I controlled this audience. Like I controlled their emotions. Like that's fucking cool. I'm going to do it again. And then I did it again and it didn't work. Audience hated me. I was like, fuck, I got to get that feeling again. So I tried again and again and again. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely a, you're chasing a dragon pretty much. It's, it's definitely addicting. Yeah. I wanted to get, I wanted to say this before I forget about it. I think you and Garrett should, 
should do a podcast about dissing Trump, and I think that'd be hysterical. Yeah, that's what's funny because like I'm not like a very political like I've never been political, but lately I just am so fucking sick of that asshole. I am just like, oh, and like just dealing with people day to day. Like I used to be like just I shy away from shit, but. If anyone says anything like out of line around me, like anything slightly racist, I'm fucking on them now. <laughs> I just my ability of a fuck is broken. I just don't care. <laughs> I'll make it uncomfortable because I've been uncomfortable before, and I will take you there with me. <laughs> like you're in my world. <laughs> like I like what is that? Like I saw something you posted about Trump. And I go, oh he re- oh he must not like Trump. You know, if, I have friends on both sides of it. Yeah. And like, I don't fucking care. Just, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I, I personally don't like the man, but you know, going back to the whole thing we said about that, the, you know, you look at the comedic shit for it. Oh yeah. He's just doing stand up. That's all he's doing. I don't, I don't even know. If, like he is literally like, he's doing stand up with cheat codes. Cause he's going up there and his like fucking cult is just like, they'll laugh at anything he says. He's basically doing a bringer room for every show. So it's like, he's just basically circle jerking all the time. True. Exactly is stand up. So. <laughs> and like, yeah, and I hate him so much. <laughs> I used to, I used to get all upset about it, but I realized that you want to know what? It's not even worth it at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I think part of me is like, so, like, when, especially when the tapes came out, like, a week, couple weeks ago, how he knew it was going to be worse, like, COVID was going to be worse than it was. And it's like, dude, you could have prevented so much. I mean, I can't go to the comedy clubs. I can't, like, do this thing that I love because, like, it's just, it's just, it's just annoying. And, I mean, like, like, I haven't been able to hug my mom in six months because it's just, like, the COVID stuff's, like, oh, it's just restricting travel and, like, we're nervous about it and stuff. It's like come the fuck out and other places are doing so much better. And like, I don't know. I just hate everything about him. Like there's this stuff in his past that he just did. That's just, it's retarded. He's, he's a retarded individual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, and like everyone wants him to go on Joe Rogan and like, man, fuck that. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't see that going well at all. Oh, I see. I actually see it a different way. I actually think that that would be good because granted you would have, you would have, you know, obviously you'd have Joe Biden there. You'd yeah. have Trump there. And like, I'm a Joe Rogan fan. I mean, he's yeah. one of the reasons why, how I have the podcast the way I have it. He's literally right down the middle, which I think a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good because you would have – I mean, obviously you have Jamie there so he could do fact-checking. And yeah. you would just – you know, Biden would say something. Joe might agree with it. Donald would say something. Joe might agree with it. But Joe might disagree and could bring up facts with either both of them. So I think it would honestly be really good. I don't think that Joe Biden will do it. Yeah, I think it would be a terrible idea for Biden to do it. Just, I mean, because honestly, like Trump – and Joe Rogan, like those two have like, they know how to work a crowd. Like they know what they're doing. They're, they're going to, they know how to, like, it's not going to be a debate at all. It's going to be 
argument. Like it's like it's not going to be a debate. It's going to be just a, and especially four hours. Like that's what Rogan wanted. Like a four hour debate. Like I think like Trump and Rogan would be so much in their zone. Biden would be lost, and I just think it would be like that's why he won't do it because it's just not going to be his forte. But I mean, I think. I mean, fuck it. I would love to see it, but I just think it's like, I think there's way better people that could do it. Right. I mean, I get that. I never, I guess I never really looked at it like that. Well, because like the way I put it was you have Trump who was like the host of the apprentice and you have Rogan, the host of fear factor. So you're going to have two reality TV show hosts against a Senator or like a fucking vice president. Like, this is, it's just kind of a, it just, it's mind boggling that that's the, what we've come down to. Right. <laughs> like, but we're going to have RuPaul next. RuPaul and Regis Philbin, like going against. Don't say Regis, he died. Don't say Did that. He? Yeah. Oh. I, it's still, so, so what? We'll get a fucking hologram. It'll be fucking Regis Philbin, <laughs> RuPaul, and Tupac against Joe Biden. <laughs> Oh fuck! <laughs> but how, what are your thoughts on? I mean, I don't. I mean, we're gonna go political for right now, but I would like to get out of it soon. But um, what are your thoughts on on Biden? I mean, he's definitely not the best. He's not the first choice for me, but he's fucking better than what we have. I mean, sure. that's just the fact. I mean. There's so much involved. Like, the whole government's just fucked up and corrupt right now. I mean, the fact that a fucking geriatric old lady dying is putting us at this, like, verge of the Sith taking over or something is just an example alone of how fucked everything is. And, like, I think with Biden, it'll just... I mean, we need somebody steering a little better than Trump, you know? Yeah. It's there's just so much with politics that I could just go off on. It's just ridiculous that like, I mean, because I just watched a clip before this actually of uh, like Ted Cruz who's like just a fucking cuck. Like I hate that guy so much, and like they're all about getting this news like Supreme Court judge because RBG died, and it's like they're rushing this through. Meanwhile, like the Heroes Act and all this other stuff that like is needed. Because people are losing their jobs and like getting evicted, and they're like, "No, this is more important because we need to be able to cheat to get Trump reelected." It's like, come the fuck on, we all see what you're doing, and it's, yeah, and like, we there just needs to be a huge overhaul because like Rand Paul, like that dude's such a douchebag, like he just, he's holding up a fucking law that would make lynching illegal. Like, there's no reason lynching should not be like a fucking crime and he's like well we gotta work on the vocabulary like no, eat a dick like <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> like his neighbor beat the shit out of him a few years ago and i'm okay with that because i hate him oh shit oh i would yeah. imagine i would imagine you love ben shapiro I you know what I've listened to him and he's had some good I've, I'm I'm a very open minded person I've listened to Ben Shapiro I'm like all right I can see his point with a lot of things other things I'm like you're stating facts but you're also you're stating like they're not actually facts 
So like I Ben Shapiro, I'm hit or miss with. Like I can, but no, I I'll listen to him. I'll give him a, a listen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand that. Well, like Candace, like Candace Owens, I don't really care for her. I have a friend of mine that loves her. Yeah, you know, obviously he's right wing, and uh, he goes, oh, "She's stay, she's stating the facts," and I think that she was going after Cardi B. Like a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "Yeah, he owned her," and I'm like, "Well, one thing, you know, you're looking at somebody who's not, you know, Cardi B. I'm not looking for for political statements yeah. from. Second of all, you know that you know most likely from the area that she grew up, that she's probably not very, you know, she doesn't have that many that much time invested into politics. Yeah, and then you know, it's to me, it was low hanging fruit." Yep. And the you know like but I see what you mean with Ben Shapiro. It's like you you throw facts out there, but you throw them you're not throwing all the facts. You're not throwing you fit you're saying things that will fit your narrative. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And that and that goes both ways. So it's just like you know, it's really important to do your own research. That's and like do your own research and make decisions decisions based off of that you know and like from the research i i mean i i've done minimal research to like a lot of things but like the stuff i have it's like i mean i'm pretty strong suited in my beliefs on most things but like right now it's not about like there's like there's no room for pettiness right now it's like do you want four more years of what we have right now or do you want to go back to like I'd be go back to fucking Bush years. I don't care. Just give us like give us some direction. <laughs> like I need something. Right. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm like because like no matter what, like the way like I was talking to my dad about this, like no matter what, like I'll be fine. Like, I'm gonna be okay. I have a job, like my day job, I work for like a military, like we we supply the military. We're gonna be fine. But it's like I'm looking at people, like my friends that are just out of the out of jobs or like I have a friend that's like disabled and like basically like if he's fucked so it's like under like the new healthcare plans and stuff like it's not good for him so we need like actual change yeah and I think part of the problem is going to be people think that even like so say come November Biden wins and then he's elected Everyone's going to think it's going to be all fucking roses and shit. No, we have to, like, people need to keep pressing because just because we have, like, if we have a new leader, like, you can't take your foot off the pedal. You have to keep pushing for change, which is very badly needed. And I think there's a lot of young senators coming up that are going to do that and will be holding Biden accountable. So hopefully that does happen. And who knows, in, like, four more years, I mean, there's – like people that'll be old enough to be president and it could very well, like we can have some really good candidates. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that somebody, you know, that represents America would be the best, you know, like a lot of people are going to hate this, but like Obama, like Obama was America. You didn't look at him as higher than like, you didn't look at him as a, the, like a politician or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that is the thing that is most needed no matter what it is. And also 
you know, the thing is, is that Obama, even though people are going to disagree, but he, there were times that he tried to lean across the aisle. Yeah. Where Trump, you're not doing it. Oh, no. Trump has made it so much, like, good versus evil. Like, he, he's like, there's no gray area at all. And it's, yeah, not excellent at all. <laughs> I will say this. He's definitely, he's the only president that looked the same as when he went in, as when he came out. Well, yeah, because he's so fucking fried. It's like a fucking baseball glove. Like you, a baseball glove never changes. It's just he's all his skin's orange as shit. And yeah, only reason I want him to get reelected is for like so we have four more years to just age and die painfully. <laughs> get stressed out. I don't know. He does have like one of the hottest first ladies though. I have a take on that. <laughs> oh, you do? Uh-huh. I think she looks, I think she's just a hotter version of Caitlyn Jenner. That's what she looks like to me. No, I, I can see that. You know, she no, does look a lot like Madison Ivy, though. A little bit. Madison Ivy. Why does that name sound familiar? Is a porn star? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird when you hear a porn star's name like said out loud and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's said out loud with my friends, but like, was that I went to a porn convention last year. Interesting. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the weirdest shit you've seen, like I saw like a live dominatrix. Okay. Um, saw a lot of transvestites. Like, obviously, you know that they're, you know, or transgender, I should say now. Right. Uh, Saw, like, literally, like, the most open-minded space you could think of. Because I saw a really fat white girl had a leash and had a leash, and the leash was around a black guy, and he was walking him around like he was a dog. Damn. So it's like the most open-minded and like, obviously you get to pay, you know, you pay some money to go take a picture with a porn star. Cause obviously, you know, the internet, they're not really making that much money. Right. And I met like Lisa and Sarah J. Like I met people who I have watched. You exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. You'll never hear me say an ill word of Lisa Ann. Never. What do you think of her new rack? I don't like them. No, no. I like the old ones. Yeah. I think her and Stormy Daniels should do a scene together. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Palin. (laughs) (laughs) A local comedian. uh, You know Trebuchet? I could just imagine that. That would be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you do you know Trebuchet? Uh I saw him I actually saw him once. Yeah, he was a joke all about how Lisa Ann and Stormy Daniels should do a scene together. And he has all the names laid out. Like, oh my god. I'm gonna have to get him on and ask him about that. Definitely, yeah. He's that dude's fucking hilarious. 
him and Chad Schultz, like I love those guys. Those are like that whole hump day hilarity crew is great. I'm definitely got to get them on. Was it? Yeah, me and him did one one night Sunday night funnies, and that was a terrible crowd. Yeah, terrible. I mean, That's it, shocking. I know. Like I, I asked people before, and they were like, "Yeah, that's generally like a good crowd," but that one was just only Fuck, one. Where you could have been there? Oh, it was like, <laughs> except for one lady, I can't remember her name. One girl, everybody else bobbed. Like yeah. obviously, like you get a couple jokes here and there, but they weren't laughing at anything. Yeah, that's rough. I, I love doing Sunday Night Funnies. That's a good, sh- like, I've only, like, I mean, I've always had good times there. And, like, because, like, I don't, usually he'll tell you you're doing seven minutes or something. I don't yeah. know. But then, like, if you're doing well, he won't like you and he'll let you keep rolling. So, I mean, I've never done less than 10 there. Like, I think last time I did 15, just because the crowd was into it and I was just feeling the energy and it was, like, yeah, that sucks. You had a bad crowd because it's usually a blast. They're, they're, they're cool. Brian runs a good show. Oh yeah. But was I was. Yeah, no, what else? Like, where did you go to the porn convention? Was that in California? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Damn. That's interesting. And was it? Oh yeah, and I met Alexis Texas. Alexis Texas. Oh, okay. white girl, big butt. Yo, I'm trying to think. My girlfriend's going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my God. She's going to just roll her eyes and be like, my boyfriend's a creep. Because, like, I was thinking about that earlier because, like, I go on TikTok a lot. And um, I heard a TikTok song, like, on the radio. Yeah. And I felt dirty. And it's, like, the same way when you hear a porn star's name, like, said, like, at a bar. You're like, are we allowed to talk about this? Like, it's, like, one of those things. (laughs) I was like... I don't know a lot of porn star names, but like I'm, I did fuck up once um, because we were talking, we were doing like trivia night and it was like name all of the actors in the movie, in the TV show Friends. And I said, uh, I was like, uh, I was just going through them and I was like, and Nicole Aniston, I, I, I for fucked up instead of Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what hurt me. <laughs> I mean it just happens it's like one more popular one's done way more scenes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but one's nipples weren't always hard the way that Jennifer Aniston's were yeah I was trying to write a bit because like I try to not do like stand up like my when I do stand up I try to avoid anything with weed or sex because I think they're like just so like People, other people do them, and that's totally cool. But like, I try to set this like guidelines for myself. Like, yep, I don't want to be because I think it's easy to talk about sex and get like jokes, like get jokes. Like, you can get an easy laugh by just saying "dick" or like something. Like, it's it's easy to do. But I was like in Los. I went to Los Angeles last year, and I saw uh, I saw Johnny Sins in the airport. And I was like gonna write a bit like how I saw my favorite porn star at the airport, and I was assuming everybody thinking I was talking about a girl and everything. <laughs> and then I'd be like, and it was Johnny Sins, and uh, him and I had the same birthday actually, which is kind of cool. But, did you 
Like, was it like walking by or did you actually yeah, see him? Bastard. I was like, holy fuck, that guy's a doctor. <laughs> Sorry, my watch being stupid. But yeah, that guy's a doctor. Guy's a great lawyer. Yup, ninja. <laughs> everything. A vlogger. Dude, I was, uh, I clicked on a link the other day. I was on a, a, a Vimeo, you know, like the, it's like yeah. another streaming site or whatever. Like, and, uh, I was watching these, like, travel vlogs of people, like, living van lives. Like, they, like, just travel around, around the country. This was a country over, uh, this was a, the video I was watching is a vlog of a couple over in Europe. And, uh, they were, like, just, the lady was French. She was, uh, of age, she was the Asian, but she, like, was, like, had a French accent and everything. And they're just, like, I'm like, oh, this is a really cool travel vlog. They're rock climbing. And then they just went from like they're rock climbing they're swimming in rivers and then they just started having sex as part of the vlog like this is porn guys <laughs> like you have a vlog with a porno section and like it was like legit porn i'm like you're just fucking out a log now and i was like <laughs> and i tried to send the link to my buddy but the video was taken down so <laughs> i guess they probably didn't know that you couldn't or maybe it wasn't allowed in u.s i don't know I got it. I saw it before it got taken down. Oh, my shit. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, Oh, fuck. What made you go to the porn convention? Did you just want to, like, go see them in real life? Yes. It was mainly Lisa Ann. Yeah. I wanted to see... It was... I wanted to see my favorite porn stars in person. It's your favorite porn star? One of them. Who's your number one of all time? Oh... See, I'll, I can't really name one because I'll go into, like, little waves. Because you have to go through decades. Like, certain decades have their own tops. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like... like go back to, like, Chasey Lane, like, before she got all cracked out. And then it's, like... <laughs> I mean, you gotta, like... <laughs> that's still one of the best songs ever written, if you ask me. Wait, Dear what? Lane. You ever heard Dear Chasey Lane? No. Dude, Bloodhound Gang, Dear Chasey Lane, it's an amazing, like, the music video alone is amazing. You need to, you need to check it out. Hold on, I'm going to look this. Yeah, it's, it's just a love letter to Chasey Lane. <laughs> That's a really good one, and I don't know. Yeah, there's, like, it's such a weird question, like, what's your favorite porn star? What's really funny is I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, and, uh, we were just, he's a bartender at the garage bar. And uh, we were just kind of joking around, like being degenerates. So I'm like, dude, do you think we've ever like beat it to the same porns? And he's like, I think we probably have. Oh, <laughs> and definitely. I, and then I was like, what's your favorite porn star? And he was like, uh, he goes, Cleo Valentine. I'm like, I don't know who that is. He goes, oh, I just think she's cute because she looks like my wife. I'm like, I know who you're talking about. So it was like very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I'm like, me too, man. <laughs> oh my god, that was a very awkward moment for me. <laughs> I'm looking this up. It's a good song. The music video is hilarious. No, look, um, no, the uh, was it? What's her name? Cleo Valentine. Yeah. How do you spell? How do you spell that? 
Cleo, K-L-E-O, I think. I don't know. She's all tatted up. She's like a suicide girl. Uh, this is the most degenerate uh, on a podcast. Oh, okay. And there's a cum shot. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's weird. Like, obviously, like, you take a picture with them, and then they'll grab your hand to make it so that you, like, like Alexis Texas put, you know, put my hand on her butt, and, like, Lisa helped, like, maybe put it, like, right on her hip. Okay. And it's like, it's like, I was going there trying to be the least disrespectful and the least creepy. Well, yeah, I feel like, I feel like the people that go there, I be, I'm sure you have some nut jobs, but I feel like probably you're pretty respectful. Yeah. Extent. I don't know. I bet the ones in Germany are really fucked up. Oh. Hey. I could... Yeah, but would you really need it if you had the red light district? Yeah. Yeah, because you go to red light district, you're getting like McDonald's and Taco Bell. You go to AVN, like the AVN of fucking Germany, you're getting, you know, Fridays and Applebee's. <laughs> well, you can have sex with a porn star. It just costs money. Yeah, I guess. I mean, hopefully your girlfriend don't listen to this, but, but hey, you just have to throw no, a couple <laughs> He just not saying that he's not going to do this. I don't know your name, but he's he's a faithful man. But no, I'm, I would never cheat on my girlfriend at all, and I have no interest in having sex with a porn star. Like that's gross. I, I just it would be underwhelming for them, for sure. Um, plus, this is like the most degenerate podcast I've ever done. Um, have you? So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just asking you dumb questions now. Because, like, obviously you've met people, like, that have done porn. But have you ever met somebody, like, just out in the wild, like, at a bar? You're like, oh, my God, they've done porn. No. Have you seen, like, I've I've met three people. Well, technically four. But three people I've seen that have done porn. Like, just at a bar, like, I, I, well, one of them I didn't know until the bartender came over was like, that's a fucking, and he showed me the videos like at the bar, which is very unprofessional. But it was like very funny. <laughs> <laughs> then it turned out she was a hooker, which like, <laughs> you know, not good for her. Like, and then later on, like another, a guy at the bar was like, yeah, dude, she blew me in my truck. I'm like, yeah, and you paid her. Like, you can't brag about that. You can't brag about di- like getting a blowjob from some ugly chick behind the garage bar because like oh like, <laughs> i love my like the when you have that inside knowledge that they don't know you have and it's like yeah you're you're a fucking loser <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how long have you been working at the garage at the garage bar i never worked at the garage bar i just oh. hang out there oh like, no i was sitting there drinking and there was a girl there and uh, my buddy's like, yeah, she does porn. I'm like, get out of here. And he pulled her up and he showed me. And I was like, holy fuck, that's her. And he's like, she's also a hooker. I'm like, that's fucked up. I want nothing to do with that. Like, I wasn't even hitting on her to start with. But it was like ridiculous. It was insane. And I was like, oh, boy. 
And then, like, yeah, fast forward, like, a few, like, months, maybe even a year, and this dude's bragging. He's like, yeah, this chick blew me back behind the bar and, like, showed me a picture of her. I'm like, yeah, she's fucking a hooker, dude. Like, you paid her. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Do you know what her name was? Um, I'm trying to – I don't really remember her porn name. What was her porn name? I'm going to – I'm going to bleep it out. Okay. Uh, I think it's Megan Matthews. <laughs> She's only at X videos. <laughs> I... She's see. not attractive at all. She's like, she looks like she could work at a subway in a Walmart. trying to look at i'm trying to look her up that's why there's an awkward silence yeah no it's it's definitely not worth it i mean i mean it kind of is because maybe you'll bump into her like and be like holy shit that girl did porn but if you uh it's like i have a whole bit i do like just it's one of my opening bits like i did a show one time and i actually met a girl at the bar and i started talking to her bought her a drink she gave me her number and everything i was like hell yeah i mean this was like two years ago so like i was single at the time like i just want to put that disclaimer out there because i don't want to sound like a creep but uh so i was like hell yeah she gave me her number and then i went home and i texted her and i was like hey we should like maybe we should grab a drink again sometime she goes that'd be awesome i should just let you know it's gonna cost you like what do you mean she's like i'm a prostitute so like I met a girl and she was a prostitute. <laughs> I was like, "You made me buy you a drink." <laughs> that was fucked up. <laughs> but the silver lining, like me being like the comedian, like thinking like brain like that, I was like, "Well, I'm not really interested. I don't pay for sex. Like that's like that's not my thing." Um, I think for one, I think you should be able to. I think it should be legal, each their own. Um, but I'm not going to pay for it. But I asked her a bunch of questions. I learned a lot about the art of prostitution. Like, there is, like, they have, like, online databases of, like, all of their johns or their customers to, like, they'll blacklist people. Like, if you beat, like, these escorts, like, they have a website you can go to. They'll, they'll fucking blacklist you. No one will get you. And, like, you have, to get, you have to get tested a bunch. And it's, like, it's crazy. Like, the actual girls that are actually, like, I guess you could say, like, they're not your street-walking hookers. These are your escorts. And, like, I learned a lot about the sex work industry. I'm like, holy shit, good for you. I mean, this girl's, like, paying for a lot of cool shit by just having sex. I mean, well, it is the oldest profession. Yeah. No, definitely. But, like, what was she buying? So I want to know how how much these escorts are getting. Okay, so she, so the girl that, like, I met at the bar, um, she was younger, but she was also a all natural. So basically, she, like, hairy armpits and, like, whole bush, just totally, yeah, gross. Um, And she had, like, short hair, which, like, like, really short hair. Um, She was charging 400 bucks an hour. And then anal was extra. And she told me this because the next day she was going to have anal and she was like getting ready for it. So 
It's pretty fucked up. Well, not fucked what up. What the different. fuck? The holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it was a great conversation to have, like, just texting with her and, like, like learning and just... Because, like, I think... I mean, I have nothing against that profession at all. I think more power to you. And just being able to be openly... I think it was probably good... Like, it was cool for her, too, to just have some dude who's, like, not trying to fuck her be like, what's this all about? And, like, just asking the most dumb questions I could just to try to get, like, any info or just make her laugh like just shit that she wouldn't think people wondered and it was cool i don't have her number anymore because i deleted that when i like when i started telling a joke about it i was like i don't need her texting me <laughs> but she doesn't even live in grand rapids so not a problem you're good with you being in a relationship was it harder for you to do stand-up or was it not or not really well so the relationship I'm in now, we met in February, right? Right. So I did stand up probably a month and then everything shut down. So we didn't really run into too much as far as like me being out every night doing stand up. Uh, it's starting up a little bit right now, but it's not going as fast or as frequent as it was. Right. But my girlfriend Cassidy, she is like the best. She's like a champ. She every time I'm doing a show, like every time I host a show, she's there. Like she's always supporting it. Like my house show, she's like always there. She's got like she made me a little banner to hang behind the stage. Like she, I mean, I, I lucked out. She's like fully supportive of comedy, you know. And if I'm doing a show like an hour away. She wants to drive with me an hour to see me do seven minutes of stand up and drive an hour back and then barely sleep before we go to work. You know, so it's it's a great thing. And it's I mean, I I'm fucking lucky, dude, because like, I mean, I had a, some exes before that were just the complete opposite when I told like because like my goal is to someday like I don't envision myself being like a national touring comic, but if I can go and like open or like feature at a club somewhere like for a weekend that's awesome and i remember telling my ex that and she was like shot it down completely she's like i would wish she's like i want someone that's settling down in life not ramping up and it's like go fuck yourself like that's like if i told my girlfriend like my current girlfriend like hey i have a chance to feature in indiana this weekend she'd be like when we leaving like it's like i'm so lucky like i love my girlfriend beyond imagine and like someday we're gonna get married in vegas by an elvis impersonator and it's gonna be awesome was it because i because like to bring that up because i you know recently i went through a breakup i mean obviously you know like disclaimer i broke up with her because of like the jealousy reasons gotcha and like i started thinking about it i was like there are a lot of women that say that they will help grind with their man and grind with, you know, help support their boyfriend when they're at, you know, when they're at zero or when they're just starting out. But then they realize that it's too hard and then they leave. Yeah. Yeah. No, my, I mean, honestly, right now, Cassidy, she is like, I couldn't be luckier. She is like there for the grind. And like, she also was like, I mean, it's, 
she's totally content with not going to shows if like she's tired and like I'm cool with that. I don't need her. Like, I'm not going to be heartbroken if she's like, I don't want to go tonight. I'd rather stay home. I'm like, that's fine. Like she understands that. Like if I have an opportunity to perform, I'm going to take it. I mean, I'm not going to skip out on something important. Like if I'm like having dinner with her parents, I'm right. going to be like, Hey, I have a chance to go perform at a bar for five minutes. Sorry. Like, I'm not going to do that, but like, it's like if I have a chance to go do a guest spot like at a club, she'll be like, do it, you know? So it's, it's a good thing. I'm lucky. Yes, you are. It's like, <laughs> I want to know how did you come up with the idea with you doing them at your house? Were you like, fuck it, I want to do stand up, so I'm just going to do my own show or? Pretty much, yeah. Um, so when everything shut down, you know, I, I was doing my bartending videos to try to stay creative. And, but there was no way to like be like, you don't have that crowd interaction. So I started like, I luckily started my open mic back up, but then I also was like in the process, I just started building a stage. Cause I have a two stall garage. I'm like, fuck it. I'm building a stage. So I started, I had all this extra lumber from when I built a rock climbing wall in my garage. So I just started putting this fucking thing together, painted it. And I was like, this looks dope. And then I, I figured maybe I'd have like a couple of people to come do like an open mic. And then it turned out awesome. And like I was talking to a lot of people that were interested. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to book some killer comics. And then I'm going to do a free show in my garage. So you can come to my house, see a free comedy show, laugh your ass off, forget about COVID and go home. And yeah, I was just sick of not doing anything so i just did it i mean there's really nothing else to it did you ever have this idea before or was it just all because of covid um i think i always had the idea of doing a comedy show in my house just not in my garage because i have a basement that is like kind of it's like low ceiling kind of dirty i thought it'd be kind of a cool like fight club looking experience for a comedy show but then when covid hit i was like it's not gonna work in my basement and then my garage, I cleaned it out. I was like, fuck, this is going to work. And I just did it. And my girlfriend, like, she was, like, pushing me. She's like, you definitely should do this. Like, you, like, no one else will. So, I mean, and, like, the one, the house show in Lansing is, like, always a hit. So, you know, it was a no-brainer. And I just, like, and, like, my show is, like, it's a free show which I think is kind of like, it's important to me that it's free. Uh, I do have a tip jar out for the comedians just because, I mean, if you're coming to a live show, I mean, if you want to tip the comedians, that's greatly appreciated. So that way I can at least pay them a little bit, right. you know, cause I have people coming from Lansing next month and it's just, I mean, I'll give them cash my own if I have to, but if I can get tip money for them, that's great. Right. So it's just, was it obviously it's social distance, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. No, I have like uh I got like spray paint and I spray paint on my floor, like six foot like segments. Yeah. So it's like from the stage back, it's like just circles of like six foot sections that you can sit in. And then but if but if you come like in a car of like four or five people, then yeah, you can all sit together, but we're gonna move the rows to accommodate that. 
Right. So, like, because I don't want to be that douchebag that has a comedy show in his garage and then gets everyone sick. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. Right. Like, Are I'm those, trying to have the safest, smartest show possible. Do the, do the, um, do the, yeah. Do the tech, the audience, do they, have to, do they have to wear masks or no? Once they're in their seats, they can take them off. But they're like six feet in front, six feet behind, six feet to the side. So it's, you know, as good as we can be. And then once you're, when you're walking around, you can put your mask on. Was it because I had uh, Jack on last week and uh, I asked him about it and he said it was a really good crowd. Yeah. No, Jack killed. Jack was like, he's one of my, Jack is one of my favorite comedians to see. Like, I will watch that guy anytime I can. He is so fucking funny. It's, it makes me mad because he's, yeah, uh, I think I'm a shitty comic and I watch him and I'm just like, fuck, I have so much work to do. <laughs> I don't know how you feel. I did a, I, I was in the, I did perform the same night as him at the funniest person in Grand Rapids earlier this year. Yeah. That fucker murdered. Yep. And I obviously I did the worst. And like I just I was like, wow. Holy fuck. And then when I was talking to him, I realized that he was younger than me. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> well, how old are you? Twenty-four. Oh shit, you're young. You're you're starting fine. You're good. I started when I was fucking thirty, so you have you got you have six years to be where I'm at. Because <laughs> what, like, what? How often were you performing? Were you performing every night, or? Uh, well, before COVID, it was like at least twice, three times a week. Where so I was trying to do two in one night, but um, well, so I would do the garage bar once a month, and then I would try for every show up spot I could get, and then tip top, I was doing at least twice a month. And then Wednesdays, I was doing my own house show. Or not my house show, uh, my, the show at River North that I run. It's like, I'm the host there. So, like, I'm not really performing. I'm running shit that works with some new stuff. And then I would do Rockies every chance I could. And then um, I would try to do a guest or a open mic at Dr. Grin's if I could. But then I would also try to make it spicy and do that twice a month. So, you know, it's, you're always trying to get as much time as you could. Right. And then Sunday Night Funnies, he books that like every three months you can get on or every two months. Yeah. Which is good because he is, you need that variety. Yeah. Was it? Cause I was, uh, I was actually scheduled the 20, the March 29th. I was scheduled to be on there. One week, one week after everything shut down. Yeah, I was. I was on there. I did the show the night before everything shut down. Really? I did the very last show. Yeah, and it was a fucking amazing time. It was great. Like the audience, like I was interacting with the crowd, and like everybody was just. It was a good time, and then, like if that was the last show I ever did, like it would suck. But it was still like a good way to go out. But. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Was it? And one thing I realized that you know, because I know a lot of some of my friends are in the music industry or on the local music scene in Grand okay. Rapids, and with that industry, I realized that there's a lot of famine mentality. And with everybody that I've met doing stand up local in Grand Rapids, I don't get that at all. 
Okay. I might I might have not run into the right pe- like the certain people, but everybody's like super friendly. Everybody's like, you know, just not being a dick to each other. Yeah. No, we have a good community here. Like it's pretty like pretty welcoming. You know, it takes a minute to get involved. Because, yeah. like, you don't know, like, when someone starts out, you're not sure, like, are they going to stick around? Are they just trying this out for a bet? Like, what's going on? But once you're in, like, you know, you're in. It's as clear as that. Was it because um, it was actually when I did the funniest person in, in GR, um, Stu, I can't remember, I can't pronounce his last name. McAllister? Yep. He fucking came up to me and he goes, Hey, you know, you did good. This like future reference, like don't ask, like don't try to do as much crowd work. And I'm like, okay, this is, you're not being a dick about it. You're giving me constructive criticism and you, it doesn't feel like that you're trying to, you know, just oh, totally. And that's well, what is amazing. Like Stu has given me so much advice. I mean, cause like I saw Stu before I did comedy. Like I saw him doing MC at Dr. Grins, and then like just when I started doing stand up, I'd see him around at shows, and he gave me advice. Like he was like, "Hey, stop saying cunt on stage. You're losing the audience." I'm like, "Good call." And then like he's like emailed me like advice, and he's like sent me books. I mean, the dude's like he is a someone to listen to like he is a comic like he knows what he's talking about and i will listen to anything he says and if he gave you advice i would use it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like yeah like i well yeah when he said that i was like holy shit this is you know it's not famine mentality it's not like there's only one spot there's only like you know what i mean yeah like everybody he everybody wants to see everybody else do good in a way, yes, but also, like, if I'm at Dr. Grin's on a Thursday night trying to get an open mic spot, and you put your name in the hat, and you win, and I don't, I'm going to be really pissed, and I'm going to heckle you. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I, my first, actually, my first open mic I did at Dr. Grin's, and I stayed after and Stu opened, and I thought he was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit. You know, you look at that and go, I want to get there one day. Yep. But like, no, was, me and Jack were talking about it. And it's like, this is literally the only profession that you literally had to fail at least 40 to 50% of the time. Oh, of course. Yeah. And that's weird as hell because anybody else would be like, you're out of there. But that's the only way you're able to get better is that you have to bomb. You have to know what material works and what doesn't. No, totally. It's a, it's, it's a weird thing. And that's one of the best lessons I ever learned. Like people go to open mics and they think they have to kill every time. And that's not the case. When you go to open mic, your goal is to bomb and like figure out what doesn't work and figure out what does work. So like, if you go to open mic and you're seeing the same guy kill every time, it's like with the same jokes, it's like, get the fuck out of here. You're wasting your time. Like there's a reason you're not getting paid right now. I don't know. I mean, I don't get paid for like, I don't get paid to perform besides hosting. So we'll see. I'm just open micer. But yeah. 
but still, it's kind of like the only way you're really going to get better is bombing and is. Oh, yeah. Which is weird as fuck. It, it definitely hurts. But I mean, also, it gets to the point where, I mean, I've gotten to the point where if I see an audience that's terrible, like if I'm like at a show and like everyone's bombing. I'm excited because <laughs> I'm about to go up there and I'm going to be like, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to turn this room around. Like, I am, like, stoked. And it's happened where, like, I've done that. Like, there have been, like, uh, I did a show where, like, people were heckling and, like, people were bombing. And, like, the host was like, hey, good luck. <laughs> like, <laughs> do your best. <laughs> and I was like, I was fucking jacked. Like, I was, like, in the, like, bathroom, like, slap myself in the face. Like, you got this. <laughs> like, I was like, 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 fucking eight mile. Like, I'm ready to go, you know? And I went up on stage, and the first thing I did, some dude heckled right when I grabbed the microphone, and I jumped down his throat. And he, like, I fucking did three minutes just roasting this fucker. And it was just like I had the audience in the palm of my hand. What did he say? I was, like, I was shitting on the bar. I was, like, telling – I was just being a dick. And they loved it. It was <laughs> perfect. So, like, yeah, I love those shitty audiences. <laughs> What did he say to you that made you go off? He didn't say anything. He, like, as soon as I got up, he just, like, they were, like, now introducing Carl Sobel. And this guy goes, <laughs> like, he just made this, like, loud noise. <laughs> like, he just made, like, this loud, like, guttural sound. I was like, fuck that. I went up there. I grabbed the microphone so loud. And I was like, and I don't even remember what I did, but I went off about how, like, I was like, like, I was like, that's so embarrassing. Like, that's how that guy has to talk to his wife because she's so stupid. And it was just like, and I just went down this rabbit hole and I like, and I kept calling back to it. And like, the crowd was loving it. And like, I don't know, it was just something like, I think when the crowd is that aggressive, they want you to fight back. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, yeah. need, they need that confrontation to laugh. Because otherwise, they're just being dicks. But, I mean, I'm not... That's like a one-time happening, so who knows? Like maybe it was a fluke, but how was your first heckler? How'd you deal with it? Well, mine was kind of a cheat. Like I haven't dealt with uh, action because, like, I've been heckled at the garage bar a bunch. But the thing is, like, the people heckling me are like they know me, like they're regulars at the bar, and I'm there. I'm like a regular there as well, so they're heckling me just to try to get a rise. And I just literally went off and called them out on fucking hookers. So it was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone's like, <laughs> someone's like, hey, your fucking joke sucks. I'm like, yeah, you pay for sex. And it's like, you win. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't really dealt with, I've had hecklers, like, I mean, while hosting, like, trying to like laugh obnoxiously to make you like feel bad about a joke. Like if they'll heckle a comic on my lineup, I'm going to go up and I'll acknowledge them and I'll make them feel stupid and be like, Hey, if you guys think you're hilarious, I have a sign up book right here. I'll put you on next week. Like that's the best way. Just put them in their spot and like let them make the decision if they want to man up or not. I want to say when you get a heckler, like, do you think that, okay, this is, this is my way I could be mean and nobody's actually going to get mad at me for it. 
a little bit, but it's, you want to be funny still. That's the thing. Like you want to be mean, but you want to be funny still. And, and you know, that's there's a fine line there. And it's like you have to read the room. You have to know, like, I mean, a lot of times you have to think, is this heckler going to kick my ass after the show? Because if you look around at the comedy scene, not a lot of strong guys. Like, you're on your own. Like, you're going to get your ass kicked. So it's like, can I take this guy in a fight? I mean, it's, yeah, basically every time I'm heckled, I just kind of go into it with, like, I'm going to try to make this guy feel stupid that's it and if i can get a laugh out of it great but i mean i've been bullied my whole life so i'm used to dealing with like people calling me names and shit so i can i can take it it kind of makes me wonder about because i never had i never had a heckler yet but i always didn't want to come off like too mean and the co- and, like the audience goes wow this guy's kind of a dick yeah. No, because you can really lose an audience. And, like, I mean, if you do something very, like, so my go-to is I can make, especially when I bomb, I can just take a joke and I can run it into the ground. Like, I'll keep tagging it until it's not funny. Like, I'll just ruin it. The same with a heckler. I'll take that until it's, like, not funny anymore. And then you just let that breathe for, like, five or six seconds. And then you acknowledge that it's not funny anymore and doing that typically brings it back. So if you're like, wow, that ruined the show. And then the, sh- then the crowd's like, they're in agreement with you. And then now they're laughing. So it's, you know, it, it can get, it's, it's a kind of a weird little, little hack, I guess. But Right. I noticed that embracing the awkwardness kind of gets them back. Oh, totally. I mean, if you can really make the crowd be on your side, especially just, knowing that you're in this together, you're all like, we're all just fucking around. It's, it's, it'll work. But what was it? Like, I've noticed that even like what you'll say a bit and it doesn't hit, but then you'll just say something randomly that you don't even think is funny. And then they'll think that it's hilarious. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I have so many bits like that, that started out as just a tag to a joke that I thought was great. The joke sucked. The tag was awesome. So now the tag is the whole joke now. So it's like, that's what open mics are for, learning. Like, learning how that shit works. Plus, it, it, it takes a lot. You know, I respect, you know, even with, like, you could take a tagline and make a joke out of it. I, you know, that to me is amazing. Because, I mean, you know, yeah. because, like, everybody thinks that it's easy to write a joke, and it's not, because you have to think about, you know, the whole premise on, you know, do you want it to be a long thing and then a big punchline or do you want, want it to be a long thing, but you throw little punchlines in there? Yeah. Gradually. No, there's a lot that goes into it and it's like, and it all depends on your style, your timing and say you fuck something up. Is that going to ruin the whole joke? I mean, that's what I'm like. I, I, I'm the worst because I hate everything I do. And it's like, Man, I have like one-liners, but I hate one-liners. I have like some stories, but I don't want to be a storyteller. So it's just, I'm a disaster every time I go up on stage. I just want to talk to people and like make them laugh. That's it. Right. And I think, you know, it's not bad to have like a little, like throw a one-liner in there and then throw a story in there and then throw, you know, just a regular bit. 
I don't think that's yeah. bad at all. I mean, I think that it gives the it gives the crowd a variety. You know, I'm I'm kind of looking at it as a fan from this at this you know from this standpoint. Yeah, going. You know, you can throw a one liner in there. That's funny. And you tell a story, and it's funny that you could just do a regular bit. You know, just like if you can have a good flow of that, I think that you'd be perfect. Yeah. So, what are your like favorite comics? Like, who do you like listen like? Like Joe Rogan, obviously. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle. Yup. Chris Rock. Even though he came out and said that he's a little like Aspergers or something. Did you hear about that? (laughs) Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Apparently, he has problems with verbal cues. Who doesn't? Exactly. It's like, don't say that you're on the spectrum because you're not. Um, uh, Actually, a comedian that actually got me to try it, his name is Andrew Schultz. Oh, yeah. Schultz is fucking awesome. And I, I was... I've what really kind of put the plan of the seed was that I went to go see him once. Oh, really? In Chicago. Nice. And it, you know, it was right after, cause like, I mean, I've, I followed him from Geico, but like I follow him on like his podcast that he does. And it was the first show he did after he came back from Sweden when his cameraman got arrested. Okay. And just him telling that story, he was like, you guys want to hear the story? That's just, awesome. <laughs> And like, you know, like when everything, you know, when everything came out and it's like you were there. So you're like, oh, I already know how the story goes. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a good list. How about you? Man, mine is like, I mean, Mark Norman, for sure. I think he's he's hilarious. Big J. Okerson, Mitch Hedberg, Tom Segura. And then it has to be Dave Chappelle. I mean, those... Those guys for me just are everything I love with comedy, you know? I mean, Mark Norbit is, like, probably one of my all-time favorites. Like, I saw him in February in Detroit, and it was like I had my ultimate fanboy moment because I'm, like, I'm like a year and a half, year and, like, three-quarters into comedy, and I'm, like, like I'm a comedian now. Like, I'm, like, I'm feeling good about it. I, I've been paid, and it's, like... <laughs> And I see him, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I'm like, "You're my fucking favorite." Like, and I was just like, "Fucking idiot!" Like, I. But I mean, he is like, I love his writing so goddamn much. Like, it's like him and actually Dan's him and Dan Soder. Like, Dan Soder is another one. Like, yeah. that dude is phenomenal. Like, I I love how Dan Soder, his son of a Gary, his special son of a Gary, mm-hmm. came out in like 2019. Or was it twenty? Came out when like political shit was like at all time high, and then he puts out an album like a special of just straight comedy, not like trying to be offensive, not trying it's just straight comedy. Like, and that is beautiful to me. I mean, the fact that you're doing comedy that everybody can love, and not like trying and to push it, buttons and do it good. Yeah, like and Soder is like him and Big J on the bonfire is just I can't even comprehend how amazing that is. Did you see his, it was, I think he was on the degenerates. Yeah. And he was talking about that transvestite in Grand Rapids. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was bummed because I was supposed to be at that show and I fucking, like, I didn't know who he was. I was like, I'm just going to go. Like, And then, like, a day up, I was like, I don't feel like it. And then, like, I kicked myself so hard for not going. That was, fuck. Because Big J is a fucking idol. Like, that dude is so funny. I want to... I want to smoke weed with him someday. Oh, That's my goal. When I can do that, once I do that, I can quit comedy. Do you, do you know one person I would love to smoke weed with? Honestly, I'm not just saying this because he's a big weed advocate, but Joey Diaz. Yeah. I'd be scared because there would definitely be some PCP rolled into that joint. <laughs> but I feel like with Joey being there, he would make you feel comfortable. Who knows? Like, yeah. Hey, dog, you, you, nothing's going on. It's just me and you in the room. Yeah. You would definitely feel comfortable. <laughs> that would be cool. I was supposed to see him in November, but it got canceled. That was a bummer. Yeah. That was going to be a good time. I didn't realize how often he comes here. He used to – I mean, he used to, but now he's more of Detroit area. Yeah. But – no, he's that dude's fucking crazy. I would, I mean, any comic, I mean, if any comedian like at Dr. Grins or any work club would be like, hey, you want to go smoke out back? I'm like, you're goddamn right, I do. Like, why not? Because I remember when David Koechner was here, he's like the dude that played Champ on Anchorman. Yep. Like, he, uh, I wasn't into comedy yet. I just went to Dr. Grins and I was with a guy that's like on a local radio show and he got us like free tickets and we got to meet him because of that. And, uh, I was like, Hey man, that was really funny. Uh, can I buy you a drink? And he's like, no, I don't really drink, but you got any weed? And I didn't smoke or anything. So I was like, I don't, I feel like such an asshole. Cause if it was today, I'd be like, give me five minutes. I'll be right back. Right. And it's like, fuck, I could have smoked weed with champ. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but no, it's, that's the thing too. I like, like a lot of comedians, you meet them and it's like, you tell them like, Hey, I'm an open micer. Like I'm doing this. They're like, they know where you're at and they're cool with that. I mean, I met Dana Gould. He performed at uh, Dr. Grin's probably late last year, early this year. And he was selling posters and I wanted to buy one cause they were cool autographed posters. And I go to him like, Hey man, that was hilarious. Like I loved your set. Uh, I'm a comedian as well and like I just hope to someday write like you and he was like hey man posters for free like I'm not charging a comedian like you're you're going through the grind just like I did like like that was cool as hell I mean I'll never forget like that's that's badass when like someone's respects what you're doing and right acknowledges it, even though he's like a writer for the Simpsons like this dude's got more money than I'll ever imagine and he's still being cool right that's, you can't. It just doesn't happen everywhere. I saw on your Facebook page something that kind of made me want Let me find it. Let me find the exact. I think it was a met. Here it is. You were roasted a lot on Kill Tony. Yeah. Oh man, that was um, fuck. So yeah, Kill Tony came to Grand Rapids. They're at the Pyramid Scheme, 
And I love Kill Tony. Like that was like listening to that show gave me so much advice on how to be a comic, like things to do, things to get better and like, like little stuff to avoid. So I was like, that show came to town and I was like, I have to be there. And uh, I had started comedy like July of that year. The show was in October and I was like, I'm two months in, I got to fucking sign up. And I was like the fourth person called fucking blew my mind. Like I was staying, I, was, I stayed sober the whole night. Cause I was like, just in case I want to make sure like I can perform. I did my minute to the T like I had a minute planned out and I nailed it in hindsight, terrible jokes. Like I sucked. Like I did not like anything I did and they just fucking roasted everything. They made fun of the way I looked because like I was working overtime, not sleeping. I had like, I like a zombie and they're just making fun of that shit. And they're like, how many open mics have you done? I'm like about one a week. And they're like, Ooh, one a week badass like super so i was like i don't know what the fuck i was doing and then like i mean it was all like it was an honor to me like i wasn't like offended at all like this was like a dream like tony hinchcliffe i think is hilarious and to be roasted by him is like dude like i was on the same stage as him that's awesome enough right but uh just watching that and like hearing them and then like only thing tony said that was like you know, just if you love doing this, keep doing it. And I took that to heart. I mean, it was just like a little offhand comment by him, but like to me, being just some nobody from Grand Rapids, Michigan, I was like, fuck yeah. And like, I, I mean, I haven't stopped. And like talking to Malcolm Hatchett, like outside before the show was just like, I mean, that dude is hilarious. So it's just, I mean, it was a great day in my life. But as soon as I got off stage, I went back to my buddy who was like a, he's a morning show host in Chicago. Now, like I went up to him and I was like, let's get fucked up. And we literally went outside little blunt walks disease. And I drank so much goddamn beer. And then we went to the garage bar and I just walked behind the bar and started bartending. They didn't even stop me. I was just behind the bar, pouring beers and just being a douche. It was like, I mean, the bartender there is like, the bartenders there love me. So like, they knew, like, they were like, holy shit, you got on stage. And I was behind the bar. I mean, hating on every girl that would order a beer. They're like, hey, can I get a Oberon? I'm like, yeah, here. And I pour a PBR for him and give it to him. Like, it's on the house. <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> but yeah, that was like, that was one of the best moments in my, like, I was just, I was so new into comedy and it was like what I needed to keep like going at it. Like I couldn't believe that it happened to me. So, I mean, I'd love to someday go back on the show, like get drawn up, go up, like do a minute and actually be good because I was not that at all. (laughs) Well, don't they generally say that this is just from what I've heard that basically it's like your first year, you're really not funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, which is funny. Like, I think it's important though, to record your sets from your first year because I, the very first joke I ever told on stage was super cringeworthy, but like (laughs) first time I ever held a microphone to tell a joke, 
I said, have you ever fingered a deaf girl and worried you would find something inappropriate? Like, that's, like, dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's kind of funny. <laughs> no, it is. So that's the thing, like, I saved that, and now I have it. Like, so I took my first, like, jokes for my first time performing, and I'm able to use them now, and I'm, like, able to look at them differently and use them to make, like, I can add that to jokes. So I use that still. Like, that joke I still use as my opener. Like, but it's like done in a better way. And it's like, you still have that, like when you start comedy, you have that funny gene. Like, you know, what's funny. You still don't know how to portray it yet. Right. So say what you think is funny. And then someday you'll know how to tell it. So I think that's one thing I've learned, especially is like, just cause it was cringy. Like, don't get rid of it yet. Like it might come back. Like, cause it, it works now. Like it works great. Like it, I used it in uh, January at my funniest person at Grand Rap and uh, funniest person in Grand Rapids, and it fucking it killed. And I added a tag that night that I didn't plan on, and it was like it was perfect. So I mean, that's one thing I comedy's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> was it because like there was one story I I told where I mean obviously I've told that here before, but. Uh, I used to date a girl who had a child. Okay. Not, not have a problem with it. And this, I've dated women that have had children before and all of them have loved me except for this one. He was a dick. He was a cock block. He knew exactly what I was trying to do. And I don't understand why he had the issue with me. So like every time I try to, you know, get, you know, try to get his mom in the mood, everything else like that. He would come right down the stairs or he would start screaming. Right. Yeah. Always ruin it. So at one point I started, I realized that he always loved these fruit snacks. I think his mom mentioned it to me one day. So I started eating them and then throwing them in his room, (laughs) like hiding them. So like he looked like he was eating them and then hiding them. So when his mom would clean his room, she would find them. Okay. Yell at him. This went on for probably about a couple weeks. And she fucking told me, she goes, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but he keeps on bringing the fruit snacks into his room. I even put them on the top shelf and he's still getting to them. And, and then eventually she found out and I haven't talked to her ever since. That's a, that could be a funny bit. I, I've tried it, but like, it's just, I, it's, I still have to, I still have to figure out how to deliver it. Yeah. I mean, cause I have like, that's like a bit, like I have a bit where I'm like, like I held the door, like just cause like dealing with a little kid, trying to make a little kid in your bit funny. Mm. It's all about trying to like relay that and like make the, you have to make the kid as annoying as possible. So like, I have a bit about a kid, like I was holding a door for like a lady and her son, she was like telling her son, like, say thank you to the man for holding the door. And he was shy and he wouldn't do it. And, like, the lady's making me wait there, like, inconveniencing me at this point, <laughs> making me wait. So, I like, I decided the kid's name is Carson because that's, like, the total name of a douchebag kid. Like, if you name your kid Carson, he's a fucking cunt. So, like, I like, little Carson waiting to be let in. And, like, finally he goes, thank you. And then he goes in the store. And I'm like, not a problem. 
And the mom goes, no, you have to say you're welcome. So now the mom's like scolding me. <laughs> so then at this point in the joke, I'm like, well, I looked at Carson and I look at the mom and I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. And I look at Carson and I'm like, you're welcome. So then I just go on my day. It's like such a, like, I like barely worked the joke out and it's like, I don't know, I haven't to hold it in a while, but it's like all about making the kid like as evil as possible and making you the good guy. Right. And it's, yeah, it's, I think if you like, if like the mom like caught you because she put a nest camera up to try to figure out like how the kid was doing it or something, if you were caught on surveillance, that'd be pretty funny. Like, yeah. You make it work. Cause that's the one thing, like, even though with bits, it doesn't have to be true. It just has to be funny. Yeah. I mean, I try to have a little bit of truth behind all of them, but yeah, if you can like stretch the truth a bit, like it'll work. That's the best way. Like I'm working on one bit. It goes into one of the reasons why I'm single is because, and like, I'm not going to get the bit out, but uh, and basically because I was using a pocket pussy. Okay. I'm still, t- and well, fuck, I'll say it. So, you know, she finds it. She's like, so this, like, she's flopping around. So this, this is what you like to use? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe that I'm even dating you. And then a couple, you know, couple seconds later, I hear far away from the, far away from me. Oh my God, did you fucking come in this? And then that would be the tagline. I'm, like I said, still working on it. No, I like that. That's, that's got some legs for sure. I think that's, that's, yeah, like, I'd, be like, I'd be down to like even meet up sometime and just hash that shit out. Cause like my mind can go pretty dark. I don't really like write that way. Like I don't perform that kind of jokes, like humor, but like I can definitely go there and like, we should hang out and write. That'd be fun. Oh, fuck yeah. I would love to do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because like I uh, I recently like had a buddy of mine order a flashlight on, <laughs> on his girlfriend's Amazon account because he was drunk and I talked him into it. I don't know if he got it yet or not, but I think it's really funny. <laughs> oh fuck! He was, like, he was ordering it so I could make my because I was making a bartending with Carl of the WAP and I was going to have the drink served out of a flashlight, uh, but it didn't come in time, so you know. We just, you, can still, you can still do it. Yeah, I just, I just, I just made it regardless without the flashlight. Wasn't needed. Someday it'll arrive, and his girlfriend will be mad. But is that considered cheating? Using a sex toy? <laughs> <coughs> you good? No. <coughs> I, uh, <laughs> there was some semen in my beer. Uh, I don't think a flashlight is cheating per se. Oh, God, it's my first beer ever. That's embarrassing. (laughs) No, I don't think a flashlight is cheating. It's, you know, no, it's not. This is, I don't think it is at all. I mean, you're not having sex with somebody else. It's definitely weird. But it's not cheating. I mean, I think if someone has to, if you're in a relationship and you have to get a flashlight, then that's a relationship. 
that is a relationship issue that you need to address, you know, because then either one of you has to get more freaky. (laughs) That's that's just the bottom line. That could be interesting. Next thing you know, you're bringing sex swings into it. It's Fifty Shades of Grey. I would assume a sex swing would come before a flashlight. I feel like a flashlight is something you have. It's like the nicotine patch of like masturbation. I don't know. I haven't really thought a whole lot about flashlights. Um, it's like I just don't get it. Like that's like eating. Like if you if you're in a in a relationship, I mean, I don't think I would want a flashlight. Like I, there's no reason. Yeah, I mean. If you're like if you're in a good relationship, you're just having sex. I mean, do you really want to just beat off into a fake vagina? That's like if you're like if you work at a steakhouse and you're having like great fucking dinners every night, and you're like, I'm gonna go home and eat fucking soybean burgers. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Sure, they taste just as good, but it's not the real thing, right? I, don't know, I was like, that was, you know, not like, cause that's what, well, one of the reasons why my, my last relationship ended was because she considered porn cheating. Yeah, that's not, porn's not cheating. Actually, you're more of a bitch because you're watching another guy fuck a girl who you think is hot. Yeah. And like, this is like, I gotta think this through before I say it. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, um, so if watching porn is cheating, like so basically you're it's natural for you to wanna fucking nut. Like that's natural. Mm-hmm. Right? There's nothing you can do about it. You wanna do it. Sure, you can do it without porn, but it's gonna take a lot longer. It's gonna be bad for your penis. You're gonna be beating <laughs> your dick up a lot. So honestly, watching porn is better for your dick and it's natural. So if this is the case, having a period is cheating. <laughs> okay, explain. Because it's also natural. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> it is very fucked up view point of view. Because um, like, yeah, you do it, and if, if you're in a relationship or not. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I, I thought that was like a, I think that's I mean because you have like if, if you don't you're just gonna if you don't masturbate as a man I don't know I don't know I'm just I might be speaking out of church here but who knows to me I can't trust a guy if he doesn't watch porn it's true I can't trust him these are pedophiles <laughs> was it, I have like I thought about this and it's like you know, porn is like this nice little cuddly world, right? It hugs you, it squeezes you, it's nice and warm, right? Then uh-huh. right after you nut, you watch the video and you're like, what is wrong with me? What yeah. is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. Like, why the fuck did I watch that? And why did it work so well? Because <laughs> I told that to Jack. He goes, like, he's like, yeah, wow. Why is she tied up? Fucking laughing. It's just fucking hilarious. I mean, we had the rope laying around. And we were like, why not? 
you know, we, I you think know, it's just an, like, it's just a, it's a natural thing. I think there should be less scrutiny behind it. And it's like, if you want to watch less porn, fine. Legalize prostitution. <laughs> They're going to make it legal to cheat. Fuck, you're right. Well, I don't know. Because, I mean, honestly, my porn intake has decreased exponentially since having a girlfriend. Because I feel like it's not needed. Right. But... Who knows? This is, this is a weird conversation. See, these are the conversations I love because they're not the normal ones. You get to know people. Yeah. This is like the conversation you would have at like a fucking gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who's your favorite porn star? Is a fleshlight cheating? Like, that's like the three <laughs> things they talk about. And I, but, I have conversations of... I want to have conversations about everything and everybody. I want to, I'm trying to interview a porn star. Yeah. Do you know how difficult that so is? Like you, like you, are you a fighter then? You have your UFC on. You no. Like do the, no, I mean, you're just a fan? Yeah, I mean, well, I do jujitsu, but... Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. Like, I mean, I just like, you know, I like what I like. You know, I want to do stand-up and I want to do this. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't want to ever work a day job again. Okay. But other things are, you know, you know, I. It helps relieve stress because, like, I work out a lot. You know, I work. You know, I do jujitsu. You know, that's. Plus, I don't know what it is, but it's really relaxing knowing that you're going to go somewhere and you're going to get choked. I have no fucking clue why. Wow, so you're probably in some kinky sex. Actually, not. That's the thing. You would think that of all this weird shit, that I'm I'm actually not. Like a girl tried scratching me once, and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's not doing it." Wow, really? Yeah. Have you seen Tickled? Tickled. Yeah, the documentary Tickled. No, it's on HBO. Anyway, like these people pay guys to get tickled. They get tied down and tickled, but a lot of <laughs> UFC people do it. <laughs> It like I know a guy that was like in it. <laughs> like they it's like there's like a huge cell of it in Muskegon. <laughs> like it was like prominently in Muskegon. It was pretty fucked up. It's a great documentary. It's on HBO. It's actually on Hulu too. Yeah. I, I think I know what I'm watching after I get after we get done with the yeah, podcast. It's- if you want to watch that and then have a follow-up conversation, I'm down. <laughs> I'm fucking down to do it too. That, like, like this is one of the things I wanted. Like, I wanted us to like, have a nice conversation, have fun, everything else yeah. like that. Because yeah, no. what were you gonna say? Uh, I have no follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, what? Like, I was, when I was talking to Jack, I was telling him, I go, you know, one of the things that I think is cool is that you know all these comics know each other and there's like this little club that you do. We all do stand up, and nobody else is allowed in this club unless you do stand up. Right. And that's one of the things that honestly, like I look forward to with starting to dip into comedy a lot more. Unfortunately, we can't really do that much now, but you know, like before COVID I was going to do Sunday night funnies and then I was going to start, doing this podcast and start going out almost every night to try to do, to try to do sets and also just to network. Yeah. Because it's, I just, I think it would be fun, you know, 
to go to open mic and you be, you go to open mic with majority of them are your friends yeah, or your acquaintances. And I think that would be a lot more fun unless you like not going there and going, I don't know that guy. I don't know her. And like I said, like you, Stu, Garrett, you guys really, you know, I've asked you guys, you know, I haven't asked Stu yet, but I had Garrett on my podcast. I haven't having you now. And it's like, you, you guys aren't being like, well, no, you no, I don't know you. Which yeah. is what I appreciate. No, totally. I mean, if you're looking for stage time, I have a show. You can come be on. Like, <laughs> like there is stage time available. I mean, I was gut I would I never wanted to be that person that asked. I mean, that's how you get stage time open mics. You have to put in your time. Like I post on MCN every month, like I'm accepting applications, so I mean, just I'll put you on. It's not a I, big deal. I, I mean, it's I, not a big show or anything. It's just an open mic. So I mean, you have a crowd that is like there for comedy. I mean, I have a good crowd, so I mean, it's it's a way to learn. You'll learn fast. Like if you're good, I mean, what works, what doesn't. I mean, it's and that's that's really all I want. I just like I don't want to get fucking paid. I just want to make people laugh. That's all I want to do. I want to get paid, so that's my. <laughs> I mean, eventually get paid, but like, yeah, but like you know, like you like what you said earlier in the podcast. You were like, you know, if I can get people to forget about COVID, forget about sh- other shit, yeah, that's the goal. And like, that's literally like thinking about it. Going, you know what's you know what's better than anything is making people laugh and making people forget about the shit going on in their lives, just for an hour or two. Oh yeah, no, totally. That's that's so important. I mean, even like if I can just be like in a normal setting, besides like doing stand up, and I meet somebody randomly at a bar, and I'm just like, if I can make them fucking forget about how the world's on fire and everyone's dying, like, awesome. If I can make you forget that you're fucked for a minute, like that's right. is like. I mean, I love it. Like when I can just forget for a little bit that like shits weird right now like it's great so the more you can spread that the better right and like i was i was kind of like i'm not this is gonna sound like a like narcissistic but i was kind of hoping that with this conversation that it would kind of throw my name into your head going "Hmm, maybe we should give him but like i don't like i just hear from podcasts i listen to with comedians I hear a lot of comedians hate whenever they get asked if they can, if another well, comedian no. could do a uh, guest set. So that like when they're, what they're talking about on podcasts is like when you're doing like a show with Dr. Grins or like a professional. Oh. So, but like I run an open mic, open mics are open game. Like if it's your first time, if it's your hunt, like thousands time, like right. just send me a message on the Facebook page. Be like, Hey, I'm open these Wednesdays and I'll be like, all right, cool. You're on this one. Like there's no, like there's no seniority involved. It's like you're in or you're not like it's, there's no, like, no, you're not bugging me. If you're asking for stage time, when I tell you it's available, like it's the thing that bugs me is like when I'm not booking the next month and people are messaging me, be like, Hey, can I get on next month? It's like eat a dick you have to wait until I post. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I hate to be that way, but it's also like, 
fuck you. I'm not giving you a jump ahead of everybody else, especially when there's only two open mics in Grand Rapids. Like, right. that's, like no, that's not how that works. You know? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you have stage time available, I'll definitely take it. No, I'll message you uh, after this. We can talk about it. Because, yeah, I'll have spots in October. It'll For be sure. fun. For It'll sure. It's a good show. It's, you know... They have good food too. <laughs> yep. Plus, like the host is like kind. Of, I'm like kind of funny, so it's all right. <laughs> well, when you're a host, you don't want to be too funny because you don't want to overshadow the other comedians. No, you want to be really funny so that you can get the crowd lively and accepting right. the comics that are about to bomb. Like, because a lot of comics, if they're doing the open mic right, they're gonna bomb. They're gonna have like a like they're gonna work some good jokes, but then some bad jokes. So I mean, it's. It's like a give and take. But. Man, I feel like I'm just learning so much right now, and I'm loving it. Well, yeah, man. We should do this again. I mean, I'm done to do it again. I'm going to have to really piss my brains out pretty soon, so I don't know how much longer you want to go. Oh, we, um, can, we can end it right here if you want. And then I'll watch that HBO special, and then we'll do another one following up talking right. about that. that sounds good. Where do you, uh, you probably don't want to tell me where you live, but like, I'm just trying to figure out, because like, I could do one in person. I'm not worried about that. I just have a new car, and I want to park it on some street in the middle of fucking hood. So oh, I, um, the, I park I, in your driveway. That's the question. Yes, I, my podcast studio is in uh, Belding. Actually. Oh, perfect. Sweet. Yeah, we can do like an in-person thing too. We can make it work. Oh, for sure. Sweet. Yeah, I'd be down. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Oh, of course. This is fun. Like I've had a degenerate conversation. You should definitely. Uh, you should go on a uh, Good versus Evil. Have you talked to them at all? Not yet. John Batch and David Steves. John Batch for sure. You should have John Batch on. That dude is like you guys will get along. Was he the one that did the uh, hair of the dog video that you yeah, did? Yeah, that yeah. made yep. me gag a little bit. No, you gotta get him on. Hundred percent. Like you and John. Like I mean, he's fucked up. So you'll you'll like him. Uh, I'll definitely message him after this. Yeah, I mean, if you let him know that I let you know, I mean, it'll be good. All right, and then this, I'll message you when this ep- this episode's probably going to come out the first, so in a week, or next week, or this following week. Yeah. So I'll tag you in it, and then make it shareable so you can share it, and then everything else like that. Sounds good. And I look forward to doing another one with you, and look forward to working on some jokes with you. Fuck yeah, we'll make it happen. Right. I'm serious. We'll do it. All right, awesome. Thank you, brother. Yeah, have a good one. You too.